Welcome back to another episode of the Morning Skate, episode 197. Only a couple more until 200, kind of crazy. We got Ked here. I hope everybody's doing well. I'm here and I'm joined with Hal. Hal, how's it going, buddy? It's good, dude. It's good to be back. Um, you replaced me last week. That was kind of nice. No excuses. I just didn't show up. Um, we were talking about accountability, BizDev and I, and uh, BizDev was going to text you in the group and be like, why, why am I the only one to be accountable? And I was like, I don't know if you want to poke that bear. And then we just kind of let it slide. But let bygones be bygones. Hal, you've been pretty good this year. I think you've missed maybe two. Where was BizDev? What do you mean? Where was he? Uh, he was texting me. I forget what he was doing. So, I mean, BizDev wasn't there. I feel like he knew we knew he wasn't going to be there. Yeah, I just didn't respond, dude. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah, it's kind of crazy, last. though. What's that? I said far less than in the past. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the first time I've done this all year. and It's also been – this is kind of a bounce-back podcast for me. I think I felt like I could just get right back into it, but – uh, I can't. I'm struggling right now. So can we go to NHL in the news? Well, before we go there, I think we do have to mention that uh, BizDev did <coughs> complete his trip from Saratoga Springs to New York City on a bicycle. You're shaking your head. I actually have a picture I wish I pulled up on StreamYard. You jumping up and down with a sign. With BizDev. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was not. So, but I mean, pretty cool feat. I want to be able to do it. They did in like four fucking days. Uh, we didn't know it, it's him and our other buddy Rooney. We didn't know if there was going to be some, uh, I don't know, some drama on the way up. I mean, when you're around somebody for four hours and half of it, or four days and half of it's you, like, fucking working out really hard, I feel like I would be very irritable. But they made it. You guys went to Steak Fest. They, I forget, Gallagher's in New York City or some shit. all sat down and had a steakhouse out. It was good, dude. I don't want to get into too many details. Uh, I will say shout out BizDevDale. I mean, 250 miles is hard. Uh, I feel like there's some slander there, though. I, it's not like I was waving pom-poms for Dale to get across the finish line, okay? First off, we weren't what? actually where I think he thought we were going to be. Like, it was awkward. It's not like they came across the finish line. Oh, we it was very, very off. awkward watching you jump up and down that sign in that little, like, park area. And, like, it wasn't it, – they, like, came down the steps, and they had to, like, zig and zag. Um, so we kind of blew it there. To be fair, I had been – uh, paper bag and beers in the park for about four hours at that point. So <laughs> I was probably going to cheer for whatever happened. I was just looking to get out of there. Uh, but impressive, dude. I mean, you couldn't ride a bike. No, I absolutely couldn't. And I would like to give Rooney a shout out more than Dale. Like Dale's bike, the Erie Canal. I don't think Rooney's ever done anything like that before. And perseverance, man. I mean, Dale, he lives off that 100% organic grass-fed beef where – you know, Rooney's kind of like we are. We just eat what we eat. So, um, but I feel like Dale is too. Am I wrong in that? I feel like Dale like will eat like a a gyro at eleven thirty on a Tuesday and send you a photo and be like, "This falafel's unreal right now." Yeah, but or I like a cheeseburger. He, I think he also one hundred percent knows like what actually goes into that gyro or that cheeseburger. Like, I think he's very self conscious of the fact that it needs to be all Earth. I guess dude, when he orders pizza time wings. They're probably gluten free. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Good point. So shout out to Dale. I mean, can you imagine his hero of the week if he was on the podcast this week? It would uh, probably be like the new bike shoes that he got that he can click right in or something. It would have been himself, dude. And then his bike shoes probably would have thanked a couple other people along the way. Did they? Uh, did they show up in full bike gear? Like, did they look like Lance Armstrong? I, they were in bike gear, but they didn't look like Lance Armstrong. 
I would. I wish we would have thought about this earlier. I would have created a GoFundMe that we could have bought Biz Dev Dale like one of those helmets that's like really, really long in the back. Yeah. I wish we would have bought him one of those. There was like this eighteen-year-old kid there that was like a hundred yards away, just kind of like heckling, like what he was like yelling, "What? What they do? What they do? What they do?" Oh, um, uh, so it's good to have that edge too. Well, shout out to Biz Dev. Shout out to Rooney. Uh, yeah, uh, it is the NHL trade deadline was today. Um. What was kind of cool is they aired Trade Center, which is what's normally on TSN. They aired that on ESPN Plus. I bit the bullet and I ended up getting ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu. Uh, I don't know how that happened. I'm pretty sure Hal did a free trial. Um, before, actually, let's do NHL news. We'll talk about that really quick. So. I mean, okay. I so mean what, can you what, just – you should probably just continue on your thought, no? Well, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Um, what, what? Well, my, I had a question for you. What did you think of Trade Center? I thought it was way cooler than the normal shit that we get. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was pretty good. It was definitely better. I was so mad, so I did. I got a free ESPN Plus trial to watch it today. Still kind of pisses me off that, like, I know I'm going to have to get ESPN now to, like, watch that type of stuff next year, but it is a good luxury. Dude, I turned on NHL Network, and it was Brian Lawton. And one other person just like sitting in a studio together. And I was so mad. I was like, there's no way I'm going to let Brian Law and ramble to me for 18 hours today. So uh, it was good to watch that. It's definitely like an upgrade. You know what I mean? It just feels like when you're watching like the NFL draft and like they have different angles and they're like prepared for slow spots instead of just like it getting awkward. You know what I mean? They had, they had, they had the tradey bunch, dude. They had cool segments. I thought, that I don't was know. Cool. I mean, I didn't know that was that sick. I thought I met the O dog. I'd never met the O dog before. And he had a fucking earring. You never even told me about that. Yeah. So, I mean, are you, are you team O dog? That's kind oh, of, big that made me so team O dog to be like, to, I don't know. I just feel like he, I, I would love to get a beer with that guy. So the rumor too, the other rumor, we, the elephant in the room we got to address on that panel is Craig button. I don't know. So he looks like he's on a bar fight, and he I don't know. Looked if he looked like he got fucked up, dude. I saw our, our mentions. I saw you tweeted something about it. Somebody, I think it was a pickleball accident. More possibly. than one person. More than one person. Because I tried looking it up, and I saw pickleball listed a ton of times. So did he just get what's a pickleball? I'm assuming it's kind of like racquetball. racquetball. It's a similar what? thing like racquetball, and part of me thinks it's just a cover up. You I, know what I, I mean, it it looks like a perfectly executed punch to Craig Button's left side of his face. Yeah. I don't know. I just think like, I feel like that network knew it was the biggest, uh, one of the biggest days of the year for them. They're like programming. And it's like, do we want our insider coming fresh off a fight or just like tell him that he like trip playing pickleball and everyone will look away. You know, Dude, I kinda, yeah, I and you want to know what? I'm going to change this on the fly. We normally do heroes and zeros where we think of our stuff, our heroes and zeros this week. And you have to pick one hero and one zero from the panel that was on trade center. Somebody who impressed you and somebody who didn't really impress you. I think you should be able to figure it out. No, can you go first? Can you go first? I'm yeah, when we get when we get to it. Yeah, yeah. Whenever we get there, I just I was oh. thinking about all like the new analysts that we got to kind of see today that we're not normally accustomed to, and like there were a couple that stood out that I thought were sweet, and there were a couple where I was like, "Why is this guy even here?" Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'll think about that right now. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, let's just kind of get into the uh, into the trades. I'm um, just going to kind of list them off and we'll figure it out from there. So we're going to go with most recent to least recent. I think the most recent one was the Capitals got forward Anthony Mantha from the Red Wings for Jacob Verana, Richard Ponick, 2021 first and a 2022 
second round pick. Um, I, I have trouble trying to break down to me in a weird way. I feel like this trade's really even like everybody's saying that the Red Wings, like uh, it's fleece season, uh, fleece the capitals, but <coughs> Anthony Mantha is a hell of a player. He's a big forward. He's heavy on the four check. He can fill in for Tom Wilson when he gets suspended. Like there's things that Anthony Mantha is going to bring to the table for the capitals that I think he's going to, and he's young, right? Like he's not old. He's, he's, I don't think he's a prospect, but he's a younger guy. Uh, the Red Wings, they got Jacob Brana. I don't know much about him. I just know that the Capitals fucking love this kid, and I know he's really fast. Richard Ponick, I feel like, eh. But you get the 2021 first overall pick, which will end up being probably a late pick, and then a 2022 second-round pick. What do you have on this one? Yeah, I um, I think this is a great trade by the Red Wings. I think Stevie Y, once again, is starting to flex on people, and this is like one of those first of very small moves that I think is going to put his team uh, over the hump. One – I, I get your point on Anthony Mantha. He's just not that to me. I don't really know how to describe it to you. I just always envision him as this, like, Cam Neely, like, Eric Lindros, power forward. But that's not what I see him play, ever. Like, ever. He's just inconsistent. And I think he's one of those guys, kind of like how Kreider was to Rangers fans forever, where it's just, like, this Still kind is. Of freak Still. of nature. He's a freak of nature. He has all the skill in the world. But it just doesn't seem like it can happen every night or he shoots himself in the foot. That's Anthony Mantha to me. So, so you look at the other end, right? You have Jacob Verona, won a cup, uh, young Czech goal scorer. I think he's like two years younger than Mantha, maybe only one. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a good move for them. I looked up one stat that I thought was crazy I found online. Past three seasons, 349 skaters have played 2,000 or more minutes of five-on-five hockey. Jacob Verona's uh, fifth in goals per 60 minutes. Oh, wow. And the only people in front of him, Austin Matthews, uh, Ovechkin, Brendan Gallagher, and David Pasternak. So, like, if you look at his numbers, uh, he scores goals. If you look at the Red Wings, they don't score goals. Right now they have two 10-goal scorers on their team. Uh, one's Robbie Fabry. Shout out to him. Kind of a comeback. And the other, I'm blanking. It's that huge dude. I think he just bundled somebody. Adam Earn. Adam Earn. Adam Earn. Play, Ernie plays like people think Mantha plays, if that makes sense. We can maybe get to that because I don't even think that was on the list. Um I don't know. I just think it's a good trade for the Red Wings. Like, I get what you're saying, but as a Capitals perspective, like, it doesn't feel like that much of an upgrade. And then you toss the picks on on that, and it was like the biggest price at the deadline. I don't know. I would be, I would be happy if I was a Red Wings fan. I'd be out if I was a Caps fan. That's my opinion. Okay. Thank you for your opinion. Uh, next do you have one. Any thoughts on that, like, do you, I, I, do, I don't know. Do you I, I don't Anthony watch enough Mantha? Red Wings. I just kind of know Anthony Mantha's like, I guess, reputation of being like a bigger power forward kind of player. He'll be in front of the net. <laughs> Maybe he's like, like that, like the Capitals because they because they have scumbags already. Maybe like he'll be able to find his true scumbag identity, right? You would hope. You would hope. Yeah. Also, I I don't think we ever brought this up really quick but on the Red Wings. Uh, sucks. I di- I just noticed Bobby Ryan's on the IR. Kind of stinks. Like he came back. I think he had like 14 points in 30 something games, but kind of stinks. I feel like he was finding his groove as a veteran on that team. I think he would have definitely been a name that might have gotten moved. So sucks to see. And we're a Bobby Ryan podcast. So thank you for that. <laughs> how. Uh, next one. I don't know much about this guy. Madison Bowie in a fifth round pick uh, goes well, to Vancouver for a fourth round pick. I don't, I don't understand. Vancouver is an enigma to me because this trade really, I think, is absolutely nothing. Uh, I think Madison Bowie is like arguably one of the worst defensemen in the NHL. Like he's like okay. a seventh, eighth defenseman. Uh, I think he makes like 700k a year. So this trade's pretty irrelevant. I just, I don't get the Canucks. Like they drafted all these guys. You look at like Pedersen, Besser, uh, 
I'm Horvat. Like I'm blanking on all of the young Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes, right? You look at all those players, and it's like, wow, that's like a management I would want. But it just seems like asset management, contracts, trades. They just signed Pearson to like a good amount of money last week. I don't know, man. It's just weird to me. Like, what is what do the Vancouver Canucks really get out of Matt and Bowie right now? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, to me, they traded Jordy Ben to the uh, to the Jets, so maybe kind of replacing one of your top six defensemen with somebody you think can kind of log minutes. But the Canucks aren't going to make the playoffs this year, so they're going to end up. Uh, what do they end up getting? They get Madison Bowie in a fifth round and a sixth round for Jordy Ben in a fourth round. So they like basically moved up around for all of that, and they just like decreased their defensemen. Essentially, I, they actually moved down around. Can I, oh, if you just want to move on, I feel like uh, Jordy Ben, like Jordy Ben is so much less cool to me than his brother, Jamie. I know obviously there's a huge skill difference. Um, I just never like Jordy Ben being like my team's like fifth, sixth, seventh defenseman never really enticed me. Does that make sense? I mean, I guess, but as a Rangers fan who'd seen Mark Stahl play for years, I would have fucking given my right not to have Jordy Ben on the blue line. So like, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I love that was a name that was being tossed around. How Mark Stahl could really help out different teams. Looks like nobody wanted him. Uh, you know what's cool though to think about too is like um, guys like Jordy Ben. It must feel pretty like a flex. Like you saw Victor Mete get waived uh, yesterday. To get waived the day before the trade deadline's a tough look because it's nice to like be like you know I'm worth a fifth, I'm worth a sixth, like still have some value there. Get your name on the transactions that way instead of getting sent to the taxi squad. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to hang out on the taxi squad, dude. Uh, Capitals also got Michael Roffel from the Flyers for a fifth-round pick. I hate Michael Roffel. Like, <laughs> just something about him. I don't know what it is. Like, if I ever made the NHL and I was playing against a team that had Michael Roffel, the entire game I would just try to piss him off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. This is like – I feel like this is the insider information that maybe that uh, – that the trade like show today was missing. So I just like how you started out. Like I hate Michael Roffle. I agree. To be honest with you, like Michael Roffle to me is someone who's been in the league way too long. I remember when he came from Austria. I'm pretty sure he spent some time in Adirondack. Am I wrong on that? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It just seems like he kind of had some hype to him. He's a serviceable player, but again, like I feel like if you look. At the Capitals, like bottom six, like Garnett Hathaway, they have that Dowd kid. I feel like their bottom six a little scrappier, plays a little yeah. more energy and juice than what you're going to be getting from Raffle. But Raffle's also like one of those guys where it's like, okay, he's our 14th forward, and at least if he's on the ice, he's a net positive. Like, Yeah, no, I'd give you that. If somebody gets hurt, he's, it's easy to just plug him in kind of anywhere and move people up and whatever. So <laughs> for a depth, depth forward going into the playoffs for a fifth-round pick, I don't think it's awful. Uh sure. This one kind of confused me. Hayden Fleury went to the Ducks, and the Hurricanes got – oh, fuck. Yanni Hockenpah in a 20-22 six-round pick. I definitely got that one wrong. But I thought Hayden Fleury was supposed to be a pretty good defenseman. Why did they trade him? Yeah, I don't know. I think kind of what happened there, I don't know much about uh, Hockenpah in a six-round pick. He's basically like – he was a former first-round pick. He's like 24, 25 now. Maybe I'm over-guessing his age. And he's just never put up points. I – um, if you look at it though, like the Hurricanes are stacked on D, right? Like they've always had Slavin, Dougie Hamilton. Like I feel like uh, their top four D of the Hurricanes is one of the more well-respected D lines in the NHL. Am I wrong on that? I would agree. So just, you suck. Yeah. So just not a lot of time to be had there, and he kind of was like the stay-at-home guy playing sheltered minutes on minutes on the Hurricanes. 
I don't know. I, it's kind of an interesting trade to me. Again, I don't know much about the Finnish dude that they traded, um, but a, a new start, and you're looking at a former first-round draft pick, that's a defenseman that could work out. But at the same time, like, come on. Like, we've seen we've seen enough McElraths where you get excited. Like, can you name me some D-bust? Like, I, Bruins, I think, like Matt Lashoff. Shout out Matt Lashoff. But like, Zaboral. I mean, Zaboral's still on the team. I'm what do you who do you have? I'm trying to think like Eminger, Stevie Eminger, like was Steven Eminger was he a high pick? He was a first rounder, I know that. I, I think know. he went like 20th overall, but kind of getting off topic. I love Steve Eminger, he's great. Uh <laughs> the next couple of trades, there's a Maple Leaf Sharks trade, Antis Sumela for Alexander Barbanov. I guess that was on TSN they were talking how that was just a contract trade. Uh, Eric Branson went to the Predators for a seventh rounder. Ben Hutton went to the Leafs for a fifth rounder. And Eric Gustafson went to the Flyers for another seventh rounder. <laughs> Branson used to be nails, didn't he? Yeah, kind of. I feel like it's weird, too. Remember, he started out on the Senators this year. And, like, I think he was their assistant captain. And then he just got traded one, traded twice. Uh, always seems to get traded. I was shocked when he left uh, Florida the first time. Right. right. And it's just kind of been, like, a weird – career for him he was a high draft pick too but uh i don't know man i, I guess that's a good move for the predators kind of weird looking back remember like two months ago like ryan ellis was going to get traded Ekholm was going to get traded and now they're trading for Gabranson. funny the way it is <laughs> yeah yeah i don't have much ben hutton ben hutton former u main player that was a weird one to me ben hutton everywhere he's gone uh his team sucked he was on he was on like the Kings, the Ducks, uh, and the Canucks when they were bad before they got good. So he's been kind of on a tough run there. I don't really see what that is. Eric Gustafson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gustafson. Gustafson, the Flyers. I always, Flyers fans seem so pumped about him. I don't know if it was like this year or last year, but I remember someone like ironically tweeting Gustafson for the Norris and like um, I haven't been able to get that out of my mind. I don't know if it was a joke, but. That's a weird one. Like, you wave Mete and then you bring in Gustafson. Do you have any takes on any of those defensemen? I just know that Gustafson, he was on the Adirondack team for a little bit, right? I don't know. I don't even know if this is the same Gustafson. I think there was a Gustafson that was on, like, either the Flames or the Phantoms. That the just, Phantoms. It was, he was just ripping up downtown Glens Falls. So I don't know if it's that guy or not. But the guy I'm thinking of did pretty well. In the blue collar city of Glens Falls, New York. Ben Hutton, I don't have anything. I like a Branson. Big guy, tough. Glog minutes. If if I don't even know if the Predators are gonna be make the playoffs, but Eric um, Gustafson. So here's the thing, dude. Eric Gustafson came from uh Chicago. That Gustafson that you're thinking about, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'll try to look him up. Uh different player. Okay, thank you. Um <laughs> the, the Panthers got Sam Bennett from the Flames for Emil Heineman and a 2022 second round pick. I like this for the Panthers. The Panthers have played pretty good hockey this year. Sam Bennett's going to be pretty serviceable. Everybody talks about he's a big playoff guy. Plus, he's going to have the mustache. I'm sure Yandel will love it. That's what I have on that. What do you have on this one? No, dude. I'm well. I'm pretty messed up right now because this guy's name is also Eric Gustafson. So there yeah. were two fets. Yeah, bro. So I'm not that. Okay, that makes me feel way better. But it was the wrong Eric Gustafson. But that's nice. No, dude. This threw me off because the. The Eric Gustafson that played for the uh, Adirondack Phantoms in the early 2000s went to Northern Michigan University. He was a Swede, though. I don't know, man. That was a, that was an interesting find by you, so shout out to you. Uh, I hate this trade. 
I don't I don't understand from the Panthers' perspective why Sam Bennett's worth that much. Like, I know he went off in the playoffs last year, um, and he has a cool mustache, right? Like, he goes the mustache in the playoffs. Everyone knows he, like, throws the body a little bit. But it's not like he's Blake Coleman. Like, I feel like everyone wanted that Blake Coleman, Barkley Goodrow thing from last year where you bring some, like, snarl, and you don't necessarily get goal scores, but you get snarl at the trade deadline. Like, people forget Blake Coleman put up – 20 goals back-to-back years for the Devils. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Blake Coleman was a top-six forward before he went to the Lightning, and then he dropped down a line, where, as I just feel like Sam Bennett's going to be like a third, fourth liner on the Panthers, maybe, and you give up a ton for someone who's kind of unproven. Like, if Sam Bennett wasn't drafted in the top five of the, of the draft uh, the year he went, like, would this even would this even happen? Like, is that just kind of based on that? Do you think I'm off base here? Bro, didn't you tell me a stat a couple of podcasts ago that Sam Bennett had the most goals for his draft class? Or was that Sean Monahan? Sean Monahan. Okay. Well, then, I, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm putting out on this trade then. I thought he was supposed <laughs> to be sick. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm not prepared with Western Conference hockey as well. I don't watch a ton of Florida Panthers games since Melanie hasn't been on the team. So, uh, yeah, I, we're going to move on from that one. <laughs> The uh, the Avalanche got Carl Soderberg again, dude. He's thirty five years old. When did that happen? I feel like he was like fucking not that old at all. They got him for Josh Dickinson and Ryder Ralston. Please tell me Ryder Ralston's a son of Brian Ralston. That sounds like it, right? Because like you hear, um, yeah, I, the Ryder sounds like the name that brought. Yeah, it is Brian Ralston's son. Brian Ralston has two sons. One one is Ryder, and the other one's Stone. So that's probably like the most. Brian, that's like the most Brian Ralston names of all time. I don't know. I he's supposed to be a good prospect, and I think he plays he plays at Notre Dame. I just looked up his stats. He looked like he struggled last year. Uh I to me, why are the Avalanche trading for Carl Soderberg? Like in my the Avalanche are the best team in the league. Like, I just don't think Soderberg's the missing link. I think their top nine's filled. Are you gonna put him on the fourth line? Is he just an insurance? Like he's an old guy who knows the guys. Because he played here a few years back, and it's just like if we get in the position, at least we have Soderberg. You know, you know, you know what you get with him. He must be good in the room, otherwise they wouldn't bring him around. And again, these are just teams that are going to make the playoffs that just need that extra depth. While we're talking about the Avalanche, I kind of put this down. The Avalanche have tied a franchise record for most points after forty games. I understand it's COVID, and you're playing like the same teams, but like to me, the old Avalanche teams of like Sackick, Forsberg. They seem way cooler than the new Avalanche team, and the new Avalanche team just set a record. Yeah, but I think that if you just have to remember that Avalanche team, I think was like rivals with uh, the Red Wings during that time. That's when the right. Red Wings were like also the sickest team ever. So a little bit of different scenario, but I agree with that. Uh, I just wanted to go back Carl Soderberg too. People forget he was 27, 28 when he came into the NHL. Now he's thirty five. Like I did not think. When the Bruins signed Carl Soderberg, who we traded the rights to Carl Carl Soderberg for Hannu Toivonen to the St. Louis Blues, and then Soderberg played in the Swedish two league for like six years, and then came to the NHL when he was twenty seven, and now he's a thirty five year old getting traded to the Avalanche at the trade deadline. It's kind of funny the way it is there. Funny, dude. This this whole deadline's been pretty funny the way it is. Uh, <laughs> the Golden Knights got Matthias Yenmark in a fifth round pick for a second, a third, and. Uh, the Sharks retained a portion of the contract, so they ended up getting a fifth. Is Matias Yanmark good? I don't know, dude. I think so. He was, I don't know if you noticed this on the trade deadline thing. 
all day on their show. Matias Yanmark was their like number one guy yeah. on the board. Kind of threw me off. Matias Yanmark is like a two-way player, uh, right? Like a middle six winger uh, who's been kind of hot this year scoring. But if you look at his career stats, it tells you otherwise. Like he's a he's a bottom six board for sure. I don't know. The reason I like this trade for the Golden Knights is because to me this is more back to their roots. It's like stop going out there and getting the Pacioretty's at the trade deadlines. Like you guys are built on Matias Yanmarks, and he's a he's a two-way Swede winger who can maybe pot 20 a year. Uh, that's like that's the Vegas Golden Knights bread and butter. You know what I mean? So I think he'll be a fit. Uh, I think it's a good move there because like I feel like the Golden Knights had to do something. Like they're kind of in cap hell. Um, but they want one more piece to compete with the Avalanche. I think they got it. I don't He's know really. Is it a piece? No, but it's something. Like, it appeases the yeah. fan. Like, if you're the GM, you can be like, what do you mean we didn't do anything? Like, we got the number one trade base. We got Matias fucking Yanmark now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's great. It's crazy to say that, but, like, in a normal trade deadline, I feel like we would maybe not be talking about Matias Yanmark, but he was, he was, like, the big name. <laughs> If I did like a fantasy draft on NHL 21 and I simulated like the last couple of rounds and I was stuck with Matias Yanmark, I think I'd probably trade him. What? Yeah, I'm not a big Yanmark guy. <laughs> All right, what do we have? Uh, Freddie, Clayson, Freddie Clayson went to the Lightning for Magnus Chorna, a, a goalie who went to the Sharks. I didn't even know Freddie Clayson was still in the league. I love Freddie Clayson when he was on the Rangers. <laughs> Freddie Clayson, go get your ring, buddy. Get it with the Lightning. You know Kucherov's coming back. They just picked up. I, I, I mean, this is huge for my boy Freddie. So shout out to him. I, I actually don't remember you being a huge. Well, I think I do remember you being a Freddie Clayson huge. fan, but like not really. Uh, yeah, I don't know. How about the name Magnus Krona? I looked him up. He's a rookie. He just signed. He went to Denver. Magnus, or maybe he didn't sign. Maybe they just traded the rights to him. But Magnus Krona, that's kind of a name. I've never met anybody named Magnus before. Definitely. <laughs> right. I've yeah, never met Magnus in Greenfield. Um, Dmitry, <laughs> Dmitry Kulikov went to the Oilers for a fourth-round pick. Remember when he was supposed to be sick? Like, there's a lot of like names that were supposed to be sick that I just didn't think ended up being that sick in this deadline, right? Agree. I think that's kind of like one of the overarching themes. He was like a top 14th overall of the Panthers back in 09. I got to be honest with you, dude. Like, when Kulikov was healthy, and I think there was a stretch, like, I think I was kind of a Kulikov guy. He was kind of sick. I, wasn't he like kind of a scumbag, too? Yeah, and then he still yeah. did. He, played, he kind of played a dirtier. Like a tougher style of hockey, and I think injuries have just always caught up to him, dude. I can, maybe he's cool. A poor, he's a poor man's Alexi Emlin. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and I think if you're the Oilers, more I think about this, it doesn't hurt to have Kulikov back there for you. Like, no. it's not really going to solve any problems, but like it'll, <laughs> it could help. Um, it's kind of cool. Yeah. So maybe Kulikov wins his cup, and then he like goes back to the KHL. I don't think that's going to happen, man, but funny the way it is, anything's possible, dude. Adam Gaudet went to Chicago for Matthew Highmore. This is just your classic Blackhawks get this skilled winger that was supposed to be good that's not that good that they're going to put on a line with Patrick Kane that's going to score 100 goals. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I disagree, dude. I don't think I'm an Adam Gaudet guy, and I actually don't really have any reasoning whatsoever. Um, probably because he wore number 88 because he thought he was sick. Now he can't wear it anymore. He just like, all right, so I think he won the Hobie Baker in Northeastern. He put up a ton of points. He's kind of been inconsistent. I think he put 30 points up 
last year. And like to me, I always thought he had high, like high potential as like someone who's gonna score a ton in the NHL and everything like this. And I know we don't agree with analytic people, but analytic people thing like think Adam Goddard stinks. Like he does not drive offense. Like all the things you think Adam Goddard would I be love him then. I love him. I but, he's not, but he doesn't have the other end of his game to like compensate that. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it's not like they're talking about like a grinder. They're talking about a skill guy, and they're saying he can't do it. So you're just telling me now your team, Adam got that? Yeah, I hope they put him on the line with Kane. He puts up 40 goals. Yeah, you would. I mean, I feel like he probably leads the league in TikToks, dude. Like I, you would well, be a god that guy. We know PK Subban leads the league in TikTok. Speaking of which, did you see him get cut open with the had to have been with a skate the other night? Yeah, I saw. I saw like the pictogram of it, and he said he didn't miss a shift. That's insane. Yeah, crazy. But like, how did? Dude, I feel like usually there's never a photo of that. No, and it looks like they like kind of got the social team in there to like get a couple. Of <laughs> yeah, hey, get the marketing department down the tree. You never, you you never see that. He wants a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow. Exactly. Uh, I don't know if you're gonna agree with me or not. This was my favorite trade of the whole deadline. Uh, Jeff Carter goes to the Penguins for a third round pick and a fourth round pick. Something is giving me some real weird vibes that Jeff Carter is going to fucking go off for the Penguins. Like, I feel like this is such a good deal for them. Definitely could, dude. I don't hate. I don't hate that thought process at all. Uh, do I personally think it's going to happen? I'm not sure. I. This is one of those ones I've not watched enough Jeff Carter in the last year or so to really say. I know his numbers dip this year, but you know what you're getting like a Stanley Cup guy. This is that classic like really good veterans getting traded at the deadline to try to go win another cup, and he doesn't have the same thing that he used to have. But like, I mean, Carter's won a couple cups. He can still shoot the fucking puck. I'm pretty sure he's good on draws. Like everything that you would want with Carter, to me, makes sense. Yeah, so I, I kind of just want your opinion on this, and I don't have an answer yet. I'm just trying to feel it out. So right now, and I think there's a couple of guys injured, so I think Malkin's out right now, Kapanen's out right now. Actually, there's a ton of guys out right now for the Penguins. But you look at their lineup, like so right now the first line's Crosby, Gensel, Rust. Do you put Carter on a wing up there? Do you put Carter on a line with, like, McCann and Zucker? Like, what do you think his role is? Do you think when put Malkin him healthy? Put him with fucking Sid, dude. Guy can oh, score right. goals. He's done it. Now he's going to be with arguably the best distributor in the entire NHL. Like, yeah, that's pretty good. Do you ever like one? I the most mysterious group of like hockey players to me. I think it's always going to be those uh, like early like 2010 LA Kings teams with like Mike Carter and like yeah. Jared Stahl and like what were those guys up to? You know what I mean? Like it seemed like. Jeff Carter was banging some. Wasn't Jeff Carter like banging somebody in Philadelphia or something? We don't know that, and we don't really talk about it either. That's my point, though. No one knows. They were just kind of like the wild cards of the league, and then, and then you there heard were rumors. About- there were a lot of alleged rumors. Didn't like Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter like went to Columbus for like five minutes, and I think he was like, "Get like no thanks. Like please send me to California." You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, I actually and I like Jeff Carter. I'm not trying to slander Jeff Carter. Just kind of a weird. <laughs> Weird career, weird arc, but he won. He won, dude, and he might win again. I don't think so. All right, what do we got next? Your Boston Bruins got Taylor Hall and Curtis Lazar for Anders Bjork in a second-round pick. There's a video yeah, out right now of Jack Eichel interviewing Anders Bjork, and they were talking about like how everybody sees different colors. So like you know that him and Eichel are going to be hotboxing the car on the way to the rink. <laughs> Yeah, probably, man. I don't know. I'll miss Anders Bjork. 
Um, yeah, I mean, dude, if you ask Ked, he was, he's your best power play player. Definitely not, because I don't think you ever saw any time on the power play. He was – I don't know how we – I watched that Bruins game, and I was like, put 10 on the ice, put 10 on the ice. Yeah, none of that was power play time, though. I um, I, I can't believe we're starting all of this out by talking about Andres Bjork. Like, that was the big name in there. I think, cool. though, if we want to start there, I it sucks to see him go. It wasn't going to work, because if you look at our left – wing side like we have a bunch of wingers in front of him i don't know maybe it works in buffalo i think stats show that he just can't score uh he's electric at times he moves his feet he hustles i think he definitely has a place in the nhl but if you think he's going to be a goal scorer i think you're wrong sucks to say i like him a lot though and i think if you look at the other side of the trade uh we'll just talk small guys i like curtis lazar too for whatever reason saber fans are really pumped about it they think it'll fit this past year, Corrali Wagner have like started to get older and like they've lost a little pep in their step. And Frederick got injured and now he's kind of soft. I don't know what's happening there. And I think Lazar kind of plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, that could work. So I'm kind of pumped for Curtis Lazar. Do you have any thoughts on me being pumped for Curtis Lazar? I would be. I remember him when he played World Juniors. He plays a really hard game. Yeah, he was like captain, and then he was like on the Suns when he was like nineteen. I think that I think that was his problem. Is I think they brought he was a case that you brought him up too early. That yeah. was like my guess with him. But the way he plays, he's kind of like a poor man's Brendan Gallagher, I guess. Kind of the same type of player. He's a fourth where, liner. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. And then Taylor Hall, man, are you excited about Taylor Hall? Are you nervous about Taylor Hall? Are you excited yeah. to be the biggest Taylor Hall fan ever? I mean, we're talking about like a trade with. And I know everything's not apples to oranges or whatever they say. Apples to apples. No, apples to oranges like, is the right is the right terminology. So, t- like, I wasn't really that pumped to get Taylor Hall because, truthfully, the last like five years, this is like the lowest I've been on a Bruins team going to the trade deadline. So, to I didn't really want him to spend too much. But I, after the trade happened, I'm totally okay with the price. Like a second, Anders Bjork. Like, let's let it rip. See what happens. If if he can give us a second line of scoring, then that changes a shit ton of things for us. So. I'm all about it. I thought I thought value was fair. He's definitely down this year. He has like two goals. We'll see what happens. If it works, um, if it works, it's awesome. If it doesn't work, I don't know. Maybe see you later, Don Sweeney. But the one thing that I am nervous for is now we're gonna have to get into like contract talks with this dude. Like coming this summer, like does he want to sign an extension? Like how much are we paying Taylor Hall? Like before, are we gonna try to extend Taylor Hall before this season's over? Before we even know what we have. Do I really want to get wrapped up in Taylor Hall long-term years or I just want him one and done? Some people in Boston tend to think that um, if we just traded those assets for him, then we should sign him long-term. My thought is cut in, Ron. Like, let's just see what we get. Let's get some magic. Taylor Hall, you know what Taylor Hall does do? He usually performs in contract years, and, like, he kind of blew it. COVID kind of screwed him, if you think about it. Like, he was, if COVID didn't happen, he would have gotten paid this past summer, I think. I don't think this whole situation would have even happened, uh, but it did. Not and that he didn't get paid. He got paid $8 mil a year. For a single year, though. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't think Taylor Hall would have been in that situation. Now he's going to a possible playoff team, and he has two months to try to get another big paycheck. I think when you're playing hockey and you're on a team that wins, I think the pressure's off that you need to do everything you can to make sure that happens. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's going to be on a team arguably for the first time in his entire career where he can tell himself, if I don't show up tonight, there's a good chance we still win. Did like, you hear on the Oilers, they weren't that good. When he was on the Sabres, obviously where they weren't that good. When he was on the Devils, if he didn't show up, the Devils didn't show up. Like, he's now on a team that's good enough where if he doesn't show up, it's not that big of a deal, and I think that could be big for him. 
did you see his quote? Uh, his quote was like, he's just excited to be on a team where he's one of the guys. Like he doesn't want to be, he doesn't, Taylor Hall like basically told the media, like, I don't want to be I like, wanna... yeah, I don't want to be the guy who gets blamed and I don't want to be the number one center. I think that's cool, dude. If, if we can, if that takes pressure off Taylor Hall and he can just like rip slap shots on our second line, like Taylor Hall, like David Krejci gets Taylor Hall now. Like I love Nick Ritchie. I love everything that Nick Ritchie has given to this team this year. He's a real heart and soul guy out there just chugging along. Uh, but it's quite the upgrade, and I think <laughs> and I think the reality, depending on how our lines go, our third line now being coiled, DeBrusque, uh, and who and Richie, it's a heavy line upgrade from what's just happened. So if that ends up happening, I like us. Our D, we can get to that. But that's what I got on the trade. It's a heavy fucking. Oh, line. and if you're a Sabres fan, how do you feel? So I, this is the other thing. So I guess it basically reportedly came out he had a no trade move clause or whatever. So it was basically like he wanted to go to the Bruins. They had yeah. no choice. Yeah. Knowing that, I guess as your Sabres fan, are you okay with it? I I don't think Sabres fans can be that mad. Like that's the contract he signed, bro. You know that he wasn't going to sign there long term, and no pipe dream of the Sabres going to make the playoffs. And Taylor Hall was never going to want to leave Buffalo. You signed Taylor Hall to move him at the deadline. And yeah, it's and the if best he- price that you could get for that, that's better than nothing. And, and I think originally, too, they thought he might score, like, 20 by this point. And then this is a completely different ball game. Like, do you know what I mean? If so anything, I'd be pissed off at Taylor Hall about that for only having two goals this year. I'd be more mad about that than him being like, oh, I can only gonna go go to Boston. And then so not if he put up 20 goals or if he put up 12 goals and, like, 14 assists, at 20 assists or whatever, that price tag would have been significantly higher. Yeah. Yeah, I think he has two I agree. I agree, but it is kind of crazy to think about, like, Ultimately, Janmark um, and Bennett got more than Taylor Hall. Like, that still doesn't feel right to me. I don't know if I'm wrong in that. I think that's how Taylor Hall kind of pigeonholed them, but you still got a free second. I think Taylor Hall also has worse numbers this year than both of those players. And, like if, you're a, and if you're a Sabres fan, too, it'll probably feel pretty good to not remember like Taylor Hall as a Sabre. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, in the long scheme of things, it'll be like, who? Yeah. yeah, you weren't getting the MVP Taylor Hall. You were getting the Buffalo Sabres Taylor Hall. Give do, you think, team. do you think in like 20 years Taylor Hall is a Taylor Hall Sabres jersey is like a funny jersey? Or do you think it's like why do you have – is it just so irrelevant that no one will even think it's funny? The second one. <laughs> For sure. Um, I, I think it will help the Bruins. Um, the Islanders <laughs> got Braden Coburn for a seventh-round pick. Cool. Braden Coburn, sick. Uh, the Maple Leafs got big save Dave Riddich for a third-round pick. Was now that his nickname? Yeah. <clears throat> so the Leafs have Freddie Anderson who's hurt. They have Jack Campbell. They have another – I think they have Hutchinson, and now they have big save Dave. So a lot of goaltending going through the pipelines in Toronto. Are we, wait, wait, wait. Why are, you, why are you trying to run through big save Dave? So what is your – Because, bro, we have so many things to get no, to. No, some of those are old. Some of those are old. Just go with the flow. Big save okay. Dave. Big save Dave. Do you think he's going to be successful with the Leafs? Like, I, do you think he, I think if I think if the Leafs have to put Big Save Dave in the lineup, something went wrong. I I agree. And to follow up on that, Jack Campbell, really cool story. I like the guy's numbers are insane. Do you think? Who do you think is the starting goalie at the end of the year? If Anderson comes back, do you think you have Freddie, to give it to Anderson? Yeah, Freddie Anderson. But if Freddie Anderson fucks up, it could be a quick whoop, see ya. Whoop, whoop. And, and I mean, then at the end of the day, that's where our boy. Uh, Big save Dave comes in, so that's all I have. Big fucking save Dave. Who's Mike Riley? You guys got him from the Senators for a third round pick. No idea who this guy is. Yeah, you won't like this guy either, just because <laughs> basically 
Uh, I don't know. He's a Minnesota Illinois guy. He played for the Gophers. He kind of bounced around. He was a draft pick of uh, of the Habs. We used to play him. Oh, of the Wild, of the Wild. He went Wild, Habs, Sens, and then he kind of had his breakout year this year. He was playing with uh, Zaitsev. Um, I don't know. He's kind of an offensive defenseman, left-hand shot, which we need. Uh, 19 points. He's got 19 assists in 40 games this year, so that's not bad. Zero goals, uh, but 19 assists. He moves the puck around. The only issues I have with him um, are the following. Number one, people are slotting him to be our second pair D while everyone gets healthy. That concerns me just because it's like, are we really going Mike Riley? Number two on Twitter, he goes by Mikey Riley. Uh, no C with a K, I think. So M-I-K-E-Y. Riley, that concerns me. I don't know if you had a C, it'd be Mickey, bro. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I guess I didn't really think that one through all the way, but uh, yeah, this guy named Mickey Mike. Riley. He doesn't like being called Mickey. He likes being called Mikey. Do you have anything on Mickey? I think we just got to call this guy Mickey. I'm sure the Bruins social media team will make a cool nickname for him, like they did with the last big ass defenseman who got his shit rocked. Who was that? Who got hit by Tanev? Tenori. Tenorti, what was the what was the uh, you guys had a nickname for him? He was on the team for like fucking thirteen minutes. Yeah, Darth, uh, that's like we are our one uh, prospect goalie now is Darth Vlad or whatever. It's like, bro. Yeah, I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> is Jeremy Swayman okay? What do you mean? We'll get into it when we get into Bruin stuff. Um, this is another pretty big get, I think, for the deadline. I like this one a lot. You're gonna come up with a way to hate it because it's the Leafs, but the Leafs got Nick Foligno and Stefan Nosen. I don't really know much about him. But the Blue Jackets get a first and a fourth, and the Sharks get a fourth. <coughs> Nick Foligno to the Maple Leafs. I feel like this is what every Maple Leaf fan has been complaining about wanting on their team. They just got. Like Simmons was a little bit old. Clarkson was never really panned out to do what he wanted to do. Like I feel like the Leafs always kind of want to bring in a tough guy who can play hockey and it just never really works out. And now they got somebody who can do both of those things. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess, I agree with that, dude. I, I don't know. At, at some point, I just feel like you're collecting too many old guys. Is that messed up of me to say? Like, you look at you got Spezza, Thornton, Simmons, all guys south of forty up front. I know everyone else is fast, um, but I just feel like they have character this year, and I don't necessarily hate the trade. Like, I understand because if you look at Felino, like especially, um, who's the Who's the dude who's going off this year that drives me insane? Left wing. Hyman. Hyman. You look at Hyman. You look at how Hyman's producing. You can move him around now. Like, you just have even more options if you're a Leafs fan. Kind of pisses me off the more I think about it. Just because he'll probably fit. You can move him up any three roles, any lines. But the one thing I did want to comment, I just think a first is high if you look at what everyone else was getting. Like, I feel like uh, Line kind of did a good job in getting value for it. I think it's a trade he didn't necessarily have to make. Uh, do you agree on that? I feel like Columbus got good return for like the market. And yeah. if you're a Leafs fan, it's like, well, fuck it. Like we hope that's the 32nd pick. Um, yeah, I don't thousand percent. if you're a Leafs fan, you're, you're thrilled with this. I don't think there's a single Maple Leafs fan out there that'd be upset about this trade. Trust the like, this is Yeah. This is year six or seven of the five year plan. <laughs> so, and it looks good, dude. <laughs> I, it does look, they look really good this year. They're playing in a division that I don't think was, even close to being the hardest division to play in, like they're going to, to me, they'll be one of the final four teams to make the cup unless they run into a hot Canadians team. 
Oh, um, speaking of Canadians, I think that's the next one, isn't it? Yep. It's, wow, that good segue, Ted. Canadians get John Merrill, and the Red Wings get Hayden Verbeek in a 2021 fifth-round pick. Are you are you pumped up about John Merrill, dude? Kind of. I don't really have too much on this. I don't know why I actually like John Merrill. Do you have any opinion on him? Maybe he's more just like a John Moore 2.0. Yeah, kind of. That's Yeah. Yeah, so that's good enough. Okay. Um, I don't know that name. We're going to move on. The Lightning get David Savard. Probably. The Devils, this was a weird one to me. I actually wanted to bring this up. Oh, Jonas Siegenthaler, I actually think, is a very low-key defensive defenseman who – tell me the next time the uh, Rangers play the Devils because don't the Rangers play the Devils like four times? Yeah, next four games. Yeah. Please tell me what you think of Yo- Jonas Siegenthaler because I think he's a good defensive defenseman if I'm wrong. I apologize, but a third-round pick, dude, that's high – Look at what all the other people are getting. A third-round pick compared to all the other defensemen they're fetching, like, sixth, seventh. Um, was that guy just not playing? Like, the Capitals are going to make the playoffs. So they, did they just not think that this guy had any, like, role on the I team? Think Chara, I think Chara kind of took some of his role. If you look at it, too, like, defensive defensemen, they have Orloff, who I know plays two ways, but Orloff, Chara, uh, Brendan Dillon. Like, you have some heavy guys in there that play that game, so maybe just repetitive. True. Good call. Yeah, yeah like, you oh, think I'm in the NHL, Jonas Siegenthaler. What do you think in the NHL now? Like, uh, it seems like almost every team wants to basically have a puck mover and a stay at home as they're like every single pair. It seems like every pair is kind of balanced like that. I think the only pair that's different is to- uh, Taze and Makar, maybe in Colorado, but it seems like they always try to separate those guys now. Yeah, I mean, Brendan Smith with Libor Hayek. So, what does that equal? Well, Brendan Smith is he does both. <laughs> and high act looks like a uh, scared little deer. Um, but yeah, uh, David Savard and local guy Brian Lashoff go to the Lightning. The Blue Jackets get a first, a third, and the Red Wings get a fourth. Um, first round pick for David Savard. Okay. Yeah, I think he, he, was the, he was the really hot uh, commodity at the draft that I kind of heard about before when people were talking defensemen. Once Ekholm was out, uh, it kind of shifted to David Savard. I just thought. It's kind of a lot, dude. And if you're, I guess if you're the Lightning, it's like go for it. I, I understand that Savard's uh, salary got like retained fifty percent, so they can make it work under their fake cap hit numbers. But to me, dude, like, do the Lightning really need David Savard to get over the hump? Like, is that a stupid take of me? Like, should they just be all in because they're that good, where they just need to trade every year? But well, like, they just me, got another. I think their team's better now that David Savard's on it. Yeah. Unfortunately, dude. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about. I think if you're a fan, um, if you're a fan who isn't in that that like central division with the Lightning this year, you just you just have kind of ignored the fact that the Lightning are a thing. And when the playoffs come around, it's going to be a big time reality for a lot of teams, especially with Kucherov coming back. Yeah, and people forget the Lightning are the only NHL team in history to win a championship in a bubble. Facts. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I don't really know what that means, but thanks. One, one for one. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche get Devin Dubnik. The Sharks get Greg Pattern in a fifth-round pick. Remember when Dubnik was good? Now I guess he's just not good anymore. Yeah, I would actually compare. This is like, all right, Devin Dubnik's very similar to Jack Campbell. First-round pick, has a tough time going when he's like 27, 28, finally hits his stride. Maybe Jack Campbell, like, you know what I mean? Dubnik was an all-star for a couple years, had some good years for the Wild, and then just got old. Yeah. I think that's just what happened, so. I don't know. No real hate on Devin Doom. It kind of sucks. It didn't work out for the Sharks. They can't find a goalie, and they seem to be trying to compete. So that's tough. 
Although people, Martin Jones, what do you have him? Do you people, have any, people forget that Martin Jones was on the Boston Bruins for a cup of coffee. He's looked good in his like last ten games. I think Martin Jones has been kind of putting the team on his back, so that would be a super weird development. If Martin Jones finally figured it out, dude. Well, this is a lot of people are saying that uh, this trade is kind of the shark saying like, "Hey, Marty, like we believe in you, buddy. Like you're our number one. Like go, go win games." And he's been kind of performing. So I don't know, Marty. Watch, watch out, Marty. Watch. Uh, Brandon Montour <laughs> went to the Panthers for a third round pick. Brandon yeah, Montour, defenseman. I thought Brandon Montour was a really good defenseman um, when he was with the Ducks. Like, yeah, I was back when the Ducks had Hampus Lindholm and Vattenen and Manson and like that whole squad, Fowler all together. Um, and then it kind of fell apart for the Sabres. They played him on his offhand a ton. I know that. Um, he said he never really felt comfortable, never really felt like he had a role with the team, which I thought was an interesting quote. I don't know, dude. It looks like he kind of didn't project, but again, that's a good pick for the Panthers. I actually, I think I roasted the Panthers earlier. I don't remember what I roasted. Oh, for Sam Bennett, but I mean Sam Bennett, uh, and I think Montour both help him out somehow. I like Brandon Montour. I think that's a good move for the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers. I hope that I hope they. It'd be kind of cool to see them go on a little bit of a run. I wouldn't hate that. Back to the roots, dude. Get a Melamy jersey. Who knows? Uh, Patrick Nemeth. <laughs> Wait, I don't have anything on Patrick Nemeth, dude. Oh, thank God, dude. What about Riley Nash? Anything on Riley Nash? Yeah, so this is really funny. I, Dude, you're probably actually really going to hate me for this. I almost made myself the zero of the week, but I found an account that I follow that tweets nothing but, like, analytics, and I, I actually really find it interesting. He basically – so he, like, posts charts, like, really easy charts to use. It's like Jay Fresh. I don't know if you've ever seen him oh before. My God, Do you know that guy? Yeah. I just – I just read so I just read his charts. I just found his chart interesting because his chart basically came to the conclusion that he produces literally zero offense, but he's like arguably the best fourth line defensive center in the league. And like basically when Riley Nash is on the ice, they're not gonna score, but you're not gonna do anything, which maybe you take, dude, like for the Leafs fourth line, but at the same time, their fourth line right now is like Spezza, Thornton, and uh that rookie Robertson. I don't know where he fits in. Maybe this is just like a super depth thing. Yeah, but a super depth thing is another cool thing, dude. You have another quarter. If somebody gets hurt, at least you have somebody who's not going to get scored on going in the lineup. It's not like it's a young kid who isn't like – like you know what I mean? Like this guy's yeah. done that. So. Listen, dude, you're right. It's year seven. It's year seven of the year rebuild. Of the, the, Maple, rebuild the Maple Leafs want to turn into a retirement home? Be my guest. It's year seven of the five-year plan. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do this next trade because I hate Brett Connolly. Do you, are you good with this one? Like this trade, I hate it. Yeah, I yeah. Oh, I will mention though – I don't know if you just want to read it. So Blackhawks get Conley, Stillman, Borgstrom, and the Panthers get Lucas Carlson, Lucas Walmart. Ton of just disappointments in there. Uh, I know there was a seventh round pick. I think that's all it is. Henrik Borgstrom, when that kid came out of Denver, it was like it was like this guy was a finalist for the Hobies from Finland. Like he's gonna put up. Yeah. yeah, Henrik Borgstrom. So I don't have much either. All right, thank God. Um, and then I- this is gonna be the last one. The Islanders got Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak from the Devils for a first-round pick, Mason Jost, A.J. Greer, and a conditional 2022 fourth-round pick. Um, I think another one of the best trades, at least for the Islanders. This is huge for the Islanders. Best like, best, best trade of the deadline, I think. Yeah. I mean, you the know. Islanders, they get a guy who scores 20-plus goals a year and Travis Ajak a depth guy that you can put on the ice in any sort of D zone fucking type of thing and not have to worry too much about it. Yeah. I don't even know where Zajac's going to slot in, but he could be another depth guy. All they really gave up was a first. That was 
pretty much it. Like Yost, Greer, those are all minor leaguers in the fourth. I thought it was really good value. I think now you look at the Islanders, they're probably going to have a third line with like Pajo and Palmieri. Just seems like nightmare stuff. Like it, I, the, the way the Islanders are built, it's like uh, they continue to get better with just like basically having like a ton of second line guys who know their role and like do it well. Dude, I was listening to the Rangers game and Joe McLeod said that the Islanders start every period with their fourth line. With Martin Clutterbuck and Sezikis. Like, that's fucking sick, dude. Like, I and wish the Rangers had the fourth line they could start every fucking period. And you know, too, like, the more I think about the Islanders this year and the more it's like a weird season, no fans. I was with our buddy Dubsy this past weekend, uh, who was on a couple weeks ago talking Islanders. Um, it The one thing we were talking about, it sucks that the Coliseum's not open for this playoff run. Like, kind of bittersweet there. There's no Long Island fans getting trashed because I think they might make a run. Uh, but I just think they're built to beat the Bolts. Like, when you look at the only team that really beat the Lightning in the playoffs the last two years, it was the Blue Jackets that one year with that grind hockey. And that's exactly what the Islanders are going to throw at them, and they're going to throw everything at them. They're going to throw the body every shift. And I think if anyone can beat the Bolts out of the East, they 100% have the best bet, and you just throw in another goal scorer. It's, that what? series would be sick to watch. It'd be really fun to watch the Tampa Bay Lightning fake tough against Matt Martin, Cal Clutterbuck, and Cases Azegas. Yeah, I dude, I don't yeah, exactly. And Cases like, Azegas killed a guy, like <laughs> accidentally, but he did playing rugby. Like, right. And then Matt Martin's a gigantic dude, and Cal Clutterbuck will put you into fucking Sunrise, Florida, with the Panthers, dude. Yeah, and I saw some Islanders fans that were a little upset because they think it might take away from some of the young kids, but like. There's no real reason to rush like Wallstrom and Bellows into heavy minutes in the playoffs. Like they played a full season, getting ton of minutes. They'll get a ton of minutes next year. Like just be patient. I'm I'm over Wallstrom. He's fake tough. I don't. Well, that's the thing is I just don't see him as tough. Does he act tough often? Yeah, he acts tough. Yeah, I think that's him just trying to be a rookie. I don't think that's his game. So that's kind of weird to hear. I hope the next time he acts tough, Brennan Smith go puts him in his place, dude. He's our fighter now. Um, but that's what we had on the trade deadline. We have a couple other NHL uh, things. I thought this one was cool. Ryan Gutzlav told Ducks management that he would leave the Ducks, but only if the Ducks got a haul for him to help rebuild their franchise. Nothing ended up panning out, but classy move by Gatslav. Like, I wonder how much would you give up for Gatslav if you had like a team that you knew was going to make a run at the cup? I don't know. I mean, based on Felino getting a first, I, I think he's like, on the I guess Vegas, Vegas was involved. Like, can you imagine if Vegas got Getzlav? Yeah, I know. And that's, I don't know. To me, it's hard for me to put Get, Getzlav on the team because it doesn't seem like Getzlav wants to be that guy. I feel like Getzlav, unlike a lot of old guys, won his cup. Do you know what I mean? He won a couple and, like, name a better place to live in the NHL than Anaheim. I know taxes and shit. He's got a family. He's probably got a beach house, dude. Um, and he's got some cups. So, like, if I'm Getzlaff, and I don't know if this is messed up to say, like, if I was an NHL or had already won a cup and, like, I have a beloved franchise I've played for my whole career, there would be no real incentive for me to leave. Like, it would be sick to win one more, but, like, you already kind of did it all with right. and the OC, bro. He's, like, he's just the OC now. But I agree, in theory, it would be sick to see him in a different team's jersey in the playoffs playing meaningful games. I would agree. Um, and then just one other thing, Henrik Lundqvist uh, said he made a stretch goal to join the Caps at the end of the season. Training's been well. He's been feeling good, but the heart isn't quite ready. So Hank isn't going to return this year. I hope to see Henrik Lundqvist put on goalie pads next year. I think that'd be really fucking cool. But 
Did he sign a one-year deal or was it multi-year? I think it was one year. Hank, so, watch. Hank, watch. Uh, if, if the Rangers, him. if the Rangers signed Henrik back, would it just be like he never left? Technically, you could probably put the C on his jersey and be a great captain for the Rangers. <laughs> Dale's hero of the week. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> speaking of Rangers talk, J- Zach Jones. Uh, he won a national championship with UMass. There's reports coming out the Rangers are going to sign him and burn a year of his entry-level contract, meaning that he would probably play this year. That would be nice to see. Vitaly Kratsov. So, dude, we've talked about Lafreniere. We've talked about Capo Caco, Phil Hedl. Kratsov was taken, I think, ninth overall um, with when Wallstrom was still on the board. Uh, dude, <clears throat> out of all those kids that have come over and played in the NHL, like he easily looks – at least right now, he looks like the most electric and like offensively gifted player out of all of them. Like it's it's unreal. Like the shit he he does with the puck, he makes everybody around him better. He was on the fourth line the other night with Kevin Rooney and I think Colin. No, he broke it's a black one. Brett Howden. And the fourth line for the first time all year is almost scoring goals. It was insane. And then they moved them up because Chris Kreider was sucking again, which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, okay, I got a I got a hypothetical for you because so, we got in a pretty big argument about this uh, on the podcast where you were drunk in San Diego. The I don't remember. So the Sa- so the Saber. If my position's always been if the Sabers are going to trade the Rangers Jack Eichel, they're going to want one of Lafreniere or Capo. What if Krav- Kratsov goes off? Before you had said that's the guy you wanted to go. What if that's the only young star that they want compared to the other two? Are you happy with that? I would need to make sure Jack Eichel was 100% healthy. And if he was, I'd take Eichel. Okay. Fair enough. Jack Eichel is the number one center in the National Hockey League, and he's American. Tony, do you watch? Yep. Uh, D'Angelo was likely to be bought. Oh, man. So there was something that came out today. The Rangers were willing to terminate Tony D'Angelo's contract where he could sign with somebody. If that had happened, the Montreal Canadiens were prepared to sign Tony D'Angelo. Tony D'Angelo told the Rangers, nah, man, I'm good. Just buy me out in the offseason. This is going to save Tony D'Angelo $2.6 million. People are all mad at him about all this shit. Tony D'Angelo moves the needle, dude. People love fucking talking about him. Uh, I wouldn't leave $2.6 million on the table, especially in a world that just showed me that I can't say anything without like getting kicked off a team. Yeah, I mean, you definitely need to take your money. I don't fault Tony D at all. Um, it does feel good though, because I don't know if you remember this. You basically said Tony D would be in the NHL at the end of the year. I said he wouldn't, I would be right. Uh, so I technically won it, but in the t- weird twist of fate, the reason I won it is because Tony D didn't want to play, but nonetheless, yeah. I was right. You were wrong. doesn't matter. Um, I'll take the win. <laughs> it would have been cool if he went to Montreal. That would have been hilarious. Uh, Burge, man. Yeah. That would have been a funny thing to watch. Uh, Morgan Barron, uh, Gordon was talking about Morgan Barron, how he's been playing pretty well in the, uh, in the NHL. This is that Cornell kid. Uh, he's a later round pick, but he won like defensive player of the year and like got some Hobie votes or whatever. He played at Cornell. Um, he's had a pretty good year in the AHL. Now that the trade deadline's over, there's different bonuses and different shit that plays pre deadline and now post deadline. I think that they have either more room for call-ups or something along those lines. So Gordon said by the end of the year, we should be able to see what this kid has to bring to the table, which is cool. Uh, and then Capo Caco in the last four games, he has a goal and four assists. Nice. Capo watch. Nice to see. Um, that kid line of him, Heedle and Lafreniere, they're actually doing shit. Like last game against the Islanders, they lost in overtime, but they were 
literally the only line that was buzzing every single time they went out there, which is really, really cool. And like, I'm trying not to be overly optimistic about it, but pretty fucking sick to see. And then because we're doing heroes and zeros with, um, with the analyst, whatever I'm, I had a zero. I'm just going to keep talking about him. Chris Kreider, man, he has one goal and three assists in his last 10 games. Uh, last game against the Islanders, 30 seconds in, he puts the puck over the glass, a mental mistake. They score on the power play. Their second goal, he got lost on the back check. That's how they got their second goal with like three seconds left to go in the first period. They ended up putting him down to the fourth line, but then in overtime, they put him back out there. Chris Kreider needs to fucking figure it out. I mean, this is him and the, him and the Truba contract are going to fucking hurt us for years to come. Chris Kreider scores goals when he's in front of the net, but when he doesn't go to the front of the net, he doesn't score goals. It was it was weird because when he got benched and he went on the fourth line, he actually skated harder than what he looked like on the first line, and he was heavier on the forecheck. That's the shit that Chris Kreider should be doing all the time. For some reason, I think Chris Kreider in his head thinks he's a skilled player and doesn't need to do these dirty like area-type things, and it blows my mind because that's literally the only time he's like productive at all. So uh, my zero of the week at least with the Rangers, is Chris Kreider. Figure it the fuck out, dude. That's what I have there. And also, I, I do want to bring this up before we get into um, the Bruins because how we might have ourselves something that kind of goes down to the wire here in terms of playoffs. Um, battling for that fourth and final spot are the Rangers and the Bruins. The Bruins have two games in hand and they're four points up, so let's say they win both games. That means... They are eight points up on the Rangers. I know that they do have some games against the uh, Sabres coming up, which should be easy Ws. The Rangers have four games in a row against the Devils right now, who just traded away a ton of their team. And the last two games of the year are Rangers and Bruins. I don't think the Rangers are going to make the playoffs. I've said this for how – I mean, how long have I been saying this for? My question for you, is it going to come down to the final two games of the season? Like, do you think the Rangers are going to be within reach? And if so, like, how fucking awesome would it be if the last game of the year came down Rangers, Bruins, whoever wins that gets in? Would be sweet, dude. I hope not. I wrote down I'm not worried about the Rangers. It would be cool if the last two games, that's how it came down. It's really going to depend on two things. I guess I can kind of just get into it. Uh, If Tuca comes back, right? Like, we haven't had Tuca for so long. He means a ton to the team. How long has he been out for? And why is he out? I don't know. He's had like different surgeries. I, I think like minor stuff. I honestly have no idea, dude, because it depresses me. I don't know if that's sad to say. Like about two weeks, three weeks ago, he came back after being out for like a month, and then he like played a period and left. Uh, They've been pretty quiet about what's going on, but I hope he's okay. I just think we're a different team with Tuca in that. Uh, and then obviously now Taylor Hall is a wild card. So we'll see. Bruins are beat up. Like if things don't turn around, then yeah, I think 100% it's going to be like a play-in game. But if like the Bruins find their stride, then hopefully this scenario never comes to pasture. Um, I did want to really quick circle back. Uh, I guess I'll put this under Bruins stuff. Uh, shout out UMass winning national championship. You texted me briefly on it. I just think it's cool. Uh, one, I feel like Minnesota has been winning way too ma- na- many national championships. I hated that three of the four teams in the, uh, frozen four Minnesota teams. It's like, let's get some diversity boys, BCBU, like the blue blood programs in the hockey East. They need to the grow blue up. Blood That's what they are, dude. They get all the pretty boys. They get all like the prep school stars, the USA development teams. I feel like UMass after Kale McCarr started getting more and more prospects, but they, but they get guys out of like the BCHL, the AJHL. Like they dread, they like scout Canada more. I don't know. I like it, dude. I don't know if you have anything you wanted on that, but UMass winning a national championship was cool. First one, I'm about it. Dude, I asked you, and I don't know if we came up with any answer, is, is UMass, is that a state school? 
No idea, because I know would that, would that be like SUNY Cortland winning the D one national championship in like hockey? If they were D one, like is that like the same thing? Because that's fucking sick. If that's what it is, because state yeah. schools are fucking super cheap, at least compared to like the big private schools and shit. Yeah, it is. So it's a public school, but it's like bigger than any of those. I think it'd be more like. If like Buffalo, UB had a team like that's what you know what I mean. Like you've been yeah. to UMass, like that's what you would compare it to in size. So it's not exactly like Cortland. Um, Still, yeah, I get the comparison. Yeah, state school definitely like beating some of those programs is awesome. So shout out UMass. Um, oh, and I was talking about Tuca. This is the only other thing I really wanted to touch on. Jeremy Swayman. So I'd been pumping his tires. Uh, the U main goalie, who's the Bruins prospect, he came in. I think he won like his first nine AHL games. Played in three games. He went two and one. Uh, I think he's got a nine twenty nine save percentage. Like, looked great. Bruins fans, way too excited about it though. Like, few things I noticed. He's sick. I think he's an NHLer for sure. I love. He wore number one in college when he carried UMaine, um, and he got one in the NHL, which I think is sick. I kind of like that. That's a flex for a rookie goalie to be like, I want one. Um, so I like that. I like his confidence. He's kind of athletic. He plays around outside the crease a little bit, like Tim Thomas, which I like. But you can also see sometimes just like rookie mistakes. Like he's 22 years old, dude. You know what I mean? Like no rush for him. Any any Bruins fans are like, we need to move on from Rask. Like Swayman's the future. It's like pump your brakes, dude. I think I think the answer for the Bruins after this year is maybe move on from Halak and then let Vladar and Swayman back up Tuka. That's my hope. I just think people need to – pump their brakes on the expectations with like a 22 year old rookie goalie who's played 10 career pro games. I like this first game. He like, they had like 40 shots on him and they interviewed his college coach. And he's like, yeah, he was pretty used to that here. <laughs> like, yeah. like, coach is like, he used to get fucking hammered with shots and he was fine. So, and I'll just do my hero of the week transferring in that, uh, rest in peace, red gender. And, uh, Jeremy Swayman's college coach died. You hockey coach died on the golf course Friday. He's like 63 what? years old. Yeah. Yeah, right after Swayman played those two games, there was like a big article about their head Swayman. coach. Humane's head coach passed away. Yeah, over the weekend. Holy shit! Just unexpected yeah. playing golf. So, so that sunk. There was a huge article about how pumped he was for Jeremy Swayman that came out like the day before. Uh, he won a he won a cup with the Devils. He was like an assistant coach. He coached for the River Rats for a little bit. He was at UMass too. Uh, pretty good career. Tough to coach at UMaine. Like they don't have the money in the facilities. Uh, that like BUBC have, and like it's kind of hard to get like recruits to be like, yeah, come to Bangor. Like, there's definitely some allure because their program's always been there, but it's not the easiest job. So I always respected him. Just sucks, dude. Sucks to see a guy go that young. Um, shout out Red Jenner. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Rest in peace. Fuck, man. I had no yeah. idea. Brutal. Um, that was our <laughs> Rangers and Bruins talk. Uh, now we are going to get into our three stars of the week. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. Doing? Are we doing three stars? Are we doing, like, heroes and zeros of that thing? That's. I think that's what I meant. I think I meant to do heroes and zeros. Why? Right, well, before we rate the, uh, the Sportsnet telecast, that was Sportsnet, right? Am I saying it was the right – was that who had that on? TSN Trade Center. Thank you, dude. I honestly didn't even know what I was watching. That's why I, like, I needed to prepare. There's one more thing. Can I just give you my normal zero of the week before we get into that? Sure. I really wanted to throw this one out there. Tom Fitzgerald, uh, the GM of the Devils, basically saying that he hopes Paul he hopes he gets the 32nd or 31st pick in the draft next year because he hopes uh, Paul Mary and Zajac win the cup. 
Great gesture. I just don't want to hear that out loud, dude. Like you want that pick to be like the 24th pick if you're my GM, bro. Like yeah. I don't have time for that. As a fan, do I want Palmieri to win? Sure. But do I want a 32nd pick? Zero. Aren't they, dude, aren't they supposed to be fucking rivals? Yeah, dude. Like take it easy. Tommy. That's a weird. If somebody on the Rangers ever said that about the Islanders, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like if you're a Devils fan, right? I didn't even like, I'm not even in that like New York rivalry really. So I didn't think about it from that perspective. That would take me off even more. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So and that, another one of my zeros is fucking BizDev because BizDev put up a Snapchat of him using the Can I Brands fucking uh, lotion or whatever. Yeah. The whole time he told me he didn't have any, that he needed to have mine because he didn't have one. I think he found it in his travel bag. Oh, weird. Uh, but and I see BizDev using Can I Brands. Guys, Can I Brands promo code TMS25, save you 25% off your order. I'm sure he probably used a ton of it because he just fucking biked all that time, but like Bro, okay. So this is something I do have to, that kid. Um I don't even know how to describe this. I think I've been using them wrong. So you know how there's like uh the droplets uh yeah. of the can so I like put them under my tongue. Like I I thought you took it that way. Yeah. Biz BizDev on top of the cream was just rubbing those droplets all over his body. Uh we mentioned it earlier, 250 mile bike ride. And I definitely saw him rubbing droplets on himself. So uh, it looks like, I mean, he survived 250 miles <laughs> on a bike. the right way, bro. That's so funny. <laughs> but I think he did because, like, if anyone knows, BizDev, and I think that's the ultimate promo for Can I Brands. You can ride your bike 250 miles because BizDev wasn't even on, like, a street bike. He had, like, a crossover mountain bike, like, race bike. Made no sense. He had a Tour de France bike. And he was just dropping them droplets all over that body. Uh, oh, my God. Clapping, so, dude. BizDev, man, fuck Promo code TMS25, save you 25%. Um, Trade Center. What was like your favorite and least favorite thing about Trade Center? I think my favorite thing, if I can go first, my hero of Trade Center, if you will. Kevin Weeks broke a shit ton of fucking trade stage. Did you notice that? Yeah, good on him. I agree I with that. See I the guy, uh, normally you get fucking, you have like the same people, Dregs, uh, Friedman, Pierre. I mean, they all were too, but like. Kevin Weeks was throwing some shit out there, and you want to know what? Guess who broke the Taylor Hall trade before everybody did? Kevin John Weeks. fucking Butcher Gross, dude. <laughs> out of no, out of really? Yeah, he put up a picture of Taylor Hall in like some like building in Boston with like a, a think emoji, and then that was last night, and then it fucking happened. So uh, it's nice to see some guys who don't – not that they don't normally break trades. It's just nice to see to get some new blood in there, you know? Yeah, I mean, shout out. I don't really think of Kevin Weeks as an insider either, so I feel like that's kind of a flex. Um, that's kind of a flex on his part to do that uh, and start breaking trades. I do you have who's your favorite? Who's your favorite panelist on the show? Um, my favorite. Pa- I mean, obviously Bob McKenzie. Always, I think he's a man. And I made fun of you a couple weeks ago, dude. I'm a big O-Dog guy. The fact <laughs> that he has like a sparkling earring in his left ear, and you, like you just know, like I love his hot dogs and like drinking beer and shit. So. I would say O-Dog. Yeah, I mean, that was a good one, dude. I actually have a super controversial one because I know you don't like this guy, so I'm just going to say it. Um, Jamie McLennan. I don't know why. I, I don't know what it is about Jamie McLennan. I just always picture him, like, NHL, like, 98, his profile picture. He had, like, a puka shell necklace on, um, and it just stuck with me, dude. Like, I just kind of ride or die Jamie McLennan. Jamie McLennan reminds me of Spider-Man. What do you like, Tobey Maguire or like, like... Tobey Maguire and Spider Man, or even the new guy, just like the young kid who's like, I don't know, he's Jamie McLean to me, Spider Man. That's fa- I mean, that's fair, dude. I don't. Is there anybody on the panel that you hated? Um, 
there's that Mike guy. I don't know his last name. He comes off as a little bit arrogant. Craig Button showing up with a fucking giant thing on his face made me laugh really fucking hard. Like the nicest suit and just a giant gash on the side of his head. Uh, <laughs> Duffy's all right. Bob's obviously great. Um, Bieksa and Versteeg, I didn't get to watch this, but they were going at it. I don't know if you saw that um, on Twitter when they were talking about how the Canucks were getting people to the, for, for their uh, – from, I don't know. They were talking about how the Canucks were getting people in Versteeg's like, yeah, they didn't have to worry about that when I was playing. I was too busy counting championships. And, like, BX has said that he had bad hair. Uh, it was this whole thing. But um, Yeah, I did see that, dude. I actually thought – dude, I, I'm i glad you brought that up. I thought BX kind of came off as, like, a hardo. Like, he couldn't laugh at himself. Like, I thought Versteeg, it was, like, a pretty funny, like, chirp. And you could tell that BX was, like, permanently – like, he was, he's like, bad. offended, dude. And, like, he went after his hairline and, like – Several other things he like said he was an irrelevant player. It's like, dude, first he gets cops, but that is like a hard thing, probably for the X over here. If, yeah, but do you remember a couple of years ago when the Bruins were watching their Stanley Cup thing and Lucic's like, fuck Ryan Kessler? He's like, I don't care. I fucking hate Ryan Kessler. Like, these guys still hold those grudges. Agree. Yeah, I agree with that, but it just felt like to me. Versteeg, maybe it's easier to joke around when you won like Versteeg, but like BX just was having none of it, dude. Like he, like you could tell he was like having PTSD of just like losing to the Blackhawks every single year. A little bit, yeah. Um, that made me laugh, dude. I, I the one thing that you just brought up that I thought was funny is uh, who was the uh, Merrick? Jeff Merrick. Jeff Merrick. I don't know what he looks like. No, not Jeff Merrick. Who is the host? Duffy. You're not a Duffy guy. Duffy. He's all right. Yeah, I don't know. James Duffy kind of gives me weird vibes too. I just, I just confused them with uh, Jeff Merrick, who I like Jeff Merrick, but they both kind of confused me a little bit. I agree. I don't know. It was good production, dude. I, uh, I don't really like that Gord Miller guy. I was kind of pissed off that I had to see him on my TV. But. Yeah, Gord Miller was tough. I didn't really think the bar down segments were that funny. I don't know uh, if you saw all of them. I don't really understand what bar down is. I thought bar down was like a gra- like a like a meme account or something, but it's actually run by TSN. Do you know about them? I I couldn't tell you. Okay. I think they're like hockey media, but through TSN. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm trying to think if there were any other like funny trade stories. Uh, the one with Milberry was funny. How Milberry? Who did Milberry called somebody on the thing? It was just like, hey, you got traded, and then just hung up. <laughs> there was nothing else to the phone call. Uh, I don't know. It, it was it was definitely cool. It was worth the extra money. Uh, watching those guys. So, but that's what I have for this episode. Do you have anything else? How? That's it, dude. Good trade. Trade deadline's always kind of a tough one for the boys, so that was good. Especially with the names that are out this year, man. Hopefully next year there'll be more people that Yeah, are- usually you have like fifth like pretty relevant trades. It's like how many uh seventh defensemen for six round picks can you really talk about? Like, do I really have to pretend on this podcast I'm jacked up that Jacob Vron is going to fuck? No, so the one thing I did <laughs> Looking back on it, though, I do think it's funny that we talked about a lot of irrelevant players, and the one name we just refu- I refused to talk about was Patrick Nemeth, and I still got nothing. I don't know. Any- I don't know anything about Patrick Nemeth. Where'd he go? Colorado, I think. Good for them. Yeah, he's probably gonna win a cup in our face now. Probably, he's probably gonna win the fucking Conn Smythe. <laughs> All right, guys, uh, that was the episode of the Morning Skate, episode one ninety seven. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will talk to you guys next week.